That's that, that's better that, than my monitor. Does that like, sound like a lot? It sounds like a lot to me. This is At The Nexus, episode 128. Screw you over in every which way on Monday, May 26, 2014. And now, it's a win-win-win. This episode of At The Nexus is hosted by Ryan Rampersett with co-host Matthew Petchel. Hey, how's it going? Good, how about you? Doing well. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's impressive. Man, is it? Oh, yeah, it's uh, some kind of holiday. Yeah, I actually had a... Two days off for the first time since February that I knew I was going to have them off. That's incredible. So that's why you're doing so well. Well, no, I'm doing so well because I yeah, get to be on episode 128 of At the Nexus. Why is that a significant number? Because every number is significant. That is a good answer, but the answer I was looking for is that this would be the two to the seventh episode. The, so what, what, what is that? 128. Now, why is that important? Well, I don't know, but Sam told me to celebrate it three weeks ago, so I thought I would. So how did he know it was happening? Because he doesn't check the site ever. No, but I told him that we were on our 121st episode, so he figured it out. Okay. Yeah. That's did, his, his, did he say he wanted to be on it? No. Really? Well, he did ask if he wanted uh, if I wanted to hang out tonight, and I ignored him. Really? Um, well, because I, I, I thought I would be, like, busy, for instance, and... Um, Sam's idea of hanging out is the opposite of busy. Yeah, well, it turns out I'm trying to find him right now to hang out, Sam. And it turns out that I have not talked to him for so long. When was April? Last month? Yes. It's been over a month since he mentioned to me. That's not that long ago, so that's something that's a big deal. Long enough to hurt my feelings in the most emotional way possible. Well, then. To make your feelings feel better, how about if you uh, listen to Control Structure 61? Oh, I, was it Tom Chris come back? No, Tom Chris did not come back. However, uh, probably the at least second time uh, Andrew Bailey has had an incredible guest come on. Uh, this time it was Ross Nover. He's a karmic. Uh... I thought you were going to say slap a cow. No, no, no. He's not slap a cow. So he actually has a celebrity on. Yeah, a celebrity. It's pretty cool. It's uh, He talked about a lot of interesting things in the um, Fringe episode, which you can find uh, through the show notes. Uh, do you remember when Andrew Bailey really, really, really wanted you to do um, Psy Snap? And it never happened because I'm an incompetent fool? Yes, but also, do you remember the poster? Yes, yes, that he yes. Sent? Well, Ross Nover is the one who made that. Wow. Yeah. So I thought you would enjoy that. I, I did enjoy that. Yeah. So I, what I, I I was gonna buy one to put on the studio wall somewhere, but unfortunately the store is down for renovations right now. But it'll be back sometime. So he actually has a, he's makes money then. Yes. He's unlike any I don't know anybody who's ever been on the show. Right. That's cool. Well, I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, we all make money doing our own little things. Do but we? He's, well, Wow, he makes stuff and actually sells it. It it turns out. I mean, it's a pretty popular uh, thing. It's called the Jamie Noguchi system. You know. That sounds really impressive. Oh, it does. Yeah, it does. So uh, I would highly encourage you to listen to that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do anything else this week? I did other things this week. Um, I was on 8-Bit for like at least third time in a row. You know. And uh, I I think I recorded that show yesterday with uh, Ian Buck and Ian Decker. Plus... She wasn't really on the show. Um, yeah. Just in studio? Pretty much. Without talking. Right. That's not allowed. We have a sign saying no astral entities. I wish we had that sign bigger so I could see it and then post it elsewhere. Anyway, so I wrote this review of a game I've been playing. It's called Transistor. Transistor. Yes, and uh, you can read the wonderful 3,000 word review on the uh, link here. It's on the subtle website. The 
Well, yeah, three thousand words. Yep, three thousand. Is that what it takes to describe this this game? Um, so I, I take a um, very odd method of reviewing games. So I say the game is great, and then I tell you why it's horrible. Hmm. So uh, we we start with an A, and then we get down to a C. Like it that that's the strategy I used for this. Uh, briefly, the problem with the, the the game is the story is kind of iffy. Iffy. What, yeah. what makes it iffy? I mean, if you could write a three thousand words so, about it, it so, has to have a. So here, here's here's how I described it yesterday on the eight bit. You can listen to that show for more in depth detail. But briefly, you you've you've battled in a Pokemon game, probably the Elite Four. Uh, thousands of times. At least thousands, right? Okay, so you've also seen anime series and just stories in general that have, like, so you're the good guy, there's a group of villains, they did something to you or you did something to them, and now you need to beat them for some arbitrary reason. And you can't beat the final boss, the, you know, master of all of them, first. You have to go into each lieutenant first, beat him, and then move on to the next one in order, right? It's the most traditional plot line ever. It is pretty much the most traditional and cliched plot line ever, correct? Yeah. Well, that would have been a better story because we would have gotten to know the personalities and the reasons for these characters actually existing. In Transistor, unfortunately, the Camarada, which is the villainous group, allegedly, we don't really know anything about them at all, pretty much ever. Well, you don't have to know them to kill them. I feel like I would have preferred to know them. And actually, we don't really get to kill them either. So it turns out that you don't get either of the enjoyable parts from what could have been. Now, the reason I bring that cliched story version up is in the launch trailer that came out a week before the game came out. That's what was presented in the trailer. So they wanted you to think that's what you were getting and then to discover that's not what it was about. Yeah, I so, did. I did see that. I was on the EB where that video was playing. Right, you were. Yes. So the great, the game is great. The gameplay is wonderful. I highly encourage you to uh, play it if you can someday. I would pay fourteen dollars for it if I were you. No more. So don't buy it now. Yeah, don't buy it now. Just someday. Okay. Someday. You know, like on the next sale or something. Hmm. What did you do this week? Delivered uh, mail. Well. Always do that. That's it. No car trouble this week. Oh, well. No, there's always somebody's car that needs a little help, but uh, none of mine. No, none of yours. No, yeah. no, no. Well, trucks? Um, this, this, I got a giggle today when I looked at my sister's van and discovered that uh, he didn't, she didn't even have oil on the dipstick. Like, like, like you know how that's the minimum line wasn't below mm-hmm. the minimum line. This, the tip of the dipstick just looked a little oily. Like it, it never, nothing registered. Like I added a quart and I, I started to see the evidence of oil again, which is bad. Well, I'm assuming she doesn't tend to handle that issue herself. That's what uh, she's got a little brother for. Well, I, I agree with her mostly. Yeah. But uh, besides that, oh, oh, something amazing happened to me this week that's what? even better than spending 20 bucks on a game. I spent $300 on a gun. I got a new shotgun. I like how that's better, but okay. Look, so, your so... game, how long is that going to last? Well, 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 theoretically forever. I mean, but yeah, I, I played you, it three you, times. You're so... never going to touch it again. Uh, you're right. Five years from now, like, Transistor? Oh, that was a post on a blog. It wasn't actually a game. And, but I'm I'll have this sure gun I'll forever. I'll agree that it was a game. Well, you know, I, I don't know what your future you was going to be like. But all I know is I'm going to have a gun forever. Uh, uh, this is a... Another gun forever. Well, statistically, guns hold their value better than anything else. Statistically? Guns, gold, and guitars hold value like crazy. Where did you find this out? Well, everyone knows it. I've never Every pawn shop knows it. I've, well. See, see I, I like, um, I just, cable TV. Like, whenever I go to my grandparents' house and stuff, I'm, I'm just on um, pawn stars. Yeah. 
fun wars, storage wars, like all these terrible things about resale value and other things. Like, yeah, you, you don't have to have a job. You can go around bidding on stuff and then bidding on that stuff and selling it again. Well, if, Fake that's, jobs rule. if that's how you believe, that's fine. I, uh, I like no, that. I, I, I know. I, I've always wanted a double barrel um, shotgun as the one I purchased. Well, I, I heard the one that you purchased was actually very reasonably priced. $300. That's incredibly reasonable. Oh, so I would never want to spend $1,000 on a gun like Putnam did. Like, yeah. Why well, would you want one of those AR-15s to go clowning around shooting a 30-round magazine into the sky and be like, yeah, I'm a tactical cowboy. No, I got a double-barrel shotgun that actually is cool. It's sing- I really like single-action guns. Um, like, uh, well, Putnam has different ideas of cool than the rest of us. We all know that. I could remove somebody from existence by pulling back both hammers. Because this is a gun that can fire two shots at the same time. His can only shoot repeatedly. Like, so... like he, one bullet goes out the gun, then another one goes out. I can send out two bubbly clouds of lead out at the same time. I can show you a picture of a cute cat. That's about That's it. actually probably better looking than my gun. That's uh, well, a cute cat. Yeah, okay. So, um... Meow. Um, hey, want to do the show? I would love to do um, some news. Yeah, that's... Uh, uh, you know, but speaking of news, uh, where can we find the news? Oh, you can always find the news for this show and all the other shows by going to thenexus.tv slash ATN 128. 128? Or whatever episode you're on. Two to seven. You know, that's not going to resolve no, unless you will, specifically make that, that a real thing that and will, redirect to this that page. That will absolutely, I guarantee, not resolve. But you know what also doesn't resolve? Last week's breaking news. Oh, I, I heard that got spliced in. Yeah, that did get spliced in. If you didn't hear last week's breaking news, let me summarize. AT&T decided to buy DirecTV for $50 billion, which is, I hear, a non-trivial sum. And, yes? You have updated the website, so now your 40, um, the 404 page brings you to try listening to our latest episode. And whatever the last thing is, that that is that is cool. You can listen to Shades of Grey. I did that six months ago. Either way, well, I've never had to look for 2 to the 7 before. <laughs> uh, in addition... YouTube decided to buy Twitch for $1 billion. That was last week. Yeah, I know. And that the, the, the point is, you'd assume those incredibly breaking news stories would have developed further, but they didn't. They fizzled out, and nobody's heard from either company since. Well, um, do we know anything about HP? HP? Is, are they still a company? Yeah. Well, I mean... They make we, Chromebooks. Yeah, you're right. And that's probably the best shining example of their success they've had this last quarter. Unfortunately... Sad news from HP, because their sales are way below projections and expectations. And, while unrelated, HP is now going to be planning an, uh, uh, an additional layoff of employees between eleven and 16,000. Uh, wow. Does that sound like a lot to you? Because it sounds like a lot to it me. It sounds like a lot to me, but they make the world's best printers. Now, in addition to that, if that if those eleven to 16 go through, uh, Meg Whitman, the current CEO of HP, will have laid off successfully around 30,000 people while she's been in office well so she's uh wow doing well mm-hmm. i still think that's better than how many people blackberry have let off blackberry are they still a company yeah darn but um hp still doing some cool stuff though i guess they're they're gonna they're talking about having another tablet for a hundred dollars another tablet well for $100? well so they had a 500 hundred dollar tablet that they sold for a hundred dollars last set like your mm. hp touchpad yeah that was a few years ago yeah but this one is going to be priced at a hundred dollars, not five hundred dollars, and sold back because so nobody will buy it. So it'll be ten dollars after discount. Ooh. We'll get there. I was thinking maybe fifteen. Fifteen. Okay. <laughs> so tell me about this one. What, what is this one? Well, imagine a nice tablet 
and then you don't get it because you got this. Um, but, but when you have a $100 tablet, you can't really get all that much um, interesting stuff. But it's going to be a little traditional Android tablet that isn't going to be a Nexus 7. So just save up and spend $100 on a Nexus 7. Well, well, but that's what I would say. Um, let, let me tell you what this has in it. Just to make very clear... 0.3 megapixel camera why you shouldn't to take the this. best pictures in the world. So not only does it not have like a MediaTek, so like Snapdragon is Premier, of course, right? Mm-hmm. MediaTek is sub-Premiere, so like that's the AMD of, you know, mobile processors, whereas Intel is the Premier processor. This is the, I don't even know the company's name, All Winner. Uh, so, yeah. Okay, it's, it's still a ARM Cortex-A7. Means nothing. It's quad-core processor. Yeah, but it means nothing. Uh, one gigabyte of memory, eight gigs of internal storage, a two megapixel rear camera, which is impressive, actually. You wouldn't expect to see a rear camera in a $100 tablet, I guess. Uh, the, um, screen is pretty low quality, only, um, 1024 by 600. Um, so, oh, and also you don't get KitKat. You get 4.2, which is Jelly Bean still. I don't think that's going to be a problem. Well, not when you're uh, buying a hundred dollar tablet. Most people won't even know what that is. Yeah, but mm. no, uh, that's uh, I don't know. I'll uh, have to not buy one though. Well, so this this started a chain of events for me this week. So I thought, huh, another thing to buy. A hundred dollar tablet. Hmm. I have one of those already. So then I thought I'd walk into the other room and find the HP touchpad to try to revive it because. You know what's cheaper than a $100 tablet? A $100 tablet you already bought. Exactly. So I tried to revive it, and it failed miserably because it barely has enough memory to run 4.4. And so now I'm in the market for a new tablet because uh, I do a lot of reading, turns out. Yeah, but uh, tablets suck, and everyone knows it. Yeah, but I actually do a lot of reading. You could spend $1,500 on a 32-inch, not 4K, ultra-wide LG-ness, and you could read to your heart's content. Uh, unfortunately, I still can't hook that hook that up to the MacBook Air, so it won't matter. Well, yeah. So uh, let's talk about uh, Facebook. Oh, they're not real though. But they are actually. This week they made a surprising change that kind of seems to be out of nowhere. They are actually making the sharing settings a little bit more restrictive in terms of who gets to see it. So previously, if you shared something, it would be by default public. Now they'll be. More private, they'll only default to your friends, which is logical and nice of them. Hmm. Uh, see, as a Facebook user, I can't uh, comment on this because I have no idea. So as a non-Facebook user... You know, if I said what I meant to say, you wouldn't have the opportunity to correct me and look smarter. Or waste time. Okay, so... You, you, see, you know, hmm. that's what I am for. Yeah, I know. Well, we want to talk about some carriers? I would love to talk about carriers. So the premier um, bestest carrier in the world, as we know, is AT&T. Turns because out. T-Mobile will try to screw you over in every which way all the time. Because they can't just send you a bill. They get to send you a bill 11 lines long with services and fees and all the extra crap. But you could also oh, beg for forgiveness and have their bill cut in half on the phone. Turns out, I love you, T-Mobile. Until next month. Um, but AT&T's uh, president of network operations, Bill Smith, I applaud him for having a real reasonable Isn't name. is the best name ever? Well, normally it's like Yamago Tachikaki, but no, Bill Smith. I could say that with pride because it's a normal name. But so um, he says that they'll be adding macro cell sites every year and they'll be adding about 1,500 to twice that, 3,000 new sites every year. For the foreseeable future. Which could so, be a long time. I just think that that number... Sounds fake. Well, 
Yeah. Okay, so the first question is, what is a macro cell site? I- I'm guessing it's just a cell tower. It is just a cell tower. That is correct. Now, what that means, though, is they're not adding this in dense urban areas. So places like Chicago or L.A. or Hopefully New York. Hopefully they already have coverage. Well, no, they don't have coverage. And Uh-oh. so the problem with cell towers is that buildings that are really tall mm-hmm. tend to get uh, in the way of cell tower radio so waves. you put them on the top of them. And so then you put them on the top, and so then the birds can get LTE, but you on the ground on the base of those large, tall buildings can't. So while they are adding fifteen to 3,000 uh, macro cell towers per year. They are also going to be adding an additional um, micro and um, lower localized powered antennas to you know the base areas. Hmm. So even even though this is uh, great, they'll also be doing even more. Well, that's that's something good to hear. AT and T man, who thought they actually had the ability to expand their network? I want to switch over to them uh, to because, see how good it is. Yes, mm-hmm. I'm going to have to for for the consumers that listen to the show. Well, maybe you don't want to switch so soon because in the in the light of Verizon's XLTE and AT and T's impending Volt upgrade, T-Mobile is also going to be launching Volt, and they did so already in Seattle. Hmm. You can buy it or you can use it right now on any of three handsets. That's right, three out of like literally thousands of phones if you have one of these lucky three you can use volt specifically that is the lg g flex the samsung galaxy note 3 and the lg light all of which are sort of fake except the note 3 man i was holding one the other day it's pretty nice it's just beautiful that's pretty much i just don't have any dollars yeah well because i keep on spending it on guns well you'll have it next month (sighs) you know turns out so uh yeah if if you haven't heard about the um uh, technical things behind Volt. You can actually read them here on this link. Uh, Volt calls will be carried over IP on our LTE network. Blah, 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 blah. What I think was cool is this part. Enhanced signal radio voice call continuity. Is there an acronym to keep that shorter? ESRVCC. <sighs> Just as confusing. Uh, it is a new LTE advanced function, and we're excited to be the first ones to deploy it. In the U.S., all of this basically helps ensure that your capable phone won't drop a call if you leave an LTE area and then switch to a 4G HSPA. So if you switch, so what if I switch back to the Edge? Well, then you then are you even talking anymore? Well, in this in this city that we live in, yes. Yeah, it turns that, out. That, that, I've been, hey, but you I've know, edged you're postpaid. Times. You're supposed to have eight times as much coverage. You know. Hey, yes. but that guy lied anyway. Yeah, you know. Yeah, Travis. So tell me about Sprint. Now, Sprint was calling people that were on the do not call list uh, a while back. We we never really talked about it because it was kind of stupid. Well, it was such a small thing. We just thought it'd be dismissed. Yes. And turns out basically was because Sprint only had to pay $7.5 million to settle an investigation that the FCC started by because people were complaining that they were getting calls from them, even though they were on the do not call list. Isn't that nice? Still, that's, that's, that's not the worst thing they could be doing. No. Calling people. However, man, Sprint should really start up that pricing war. I mean, if they were calling me to ask me back to Sprint and, uh, they were going to give me a, you know, $40 unlimited everything plan, I might be there, but they're not. It's, it's too bad. Mm-hmm. So Qualcomm, you've, you've heard about them. You know, they make the Snapdragon, that elusive beast. Yes. You've heard about that, right? It's so beastie. So, well, Qualcomm is making the Snapdragon 615 and will be beginning production extremely soon like june 
June. Yes. June, that's here. Basically. So production will start now in June, probably, and it should be out then within two months, at least for OEMs to start picking it up and integrating. So uh, if you don't remember, uh, the Snapdragon 615 is the enhanced version of the 600, and it will feature non-crate cores. Big surprise, because, you know, apparently Qualcomm just can't handle the crate anymore. And better LTE support will be baked right in, and also just general clock improvements. Yeah. Uh, it, it it does not feature, unfortunately, the um, big little um, you know architecture, oh. which is that cool thing where there's you know two sets of cores, low power, high power. I really think they're going to continue that model though, because uh, well, it shows great promise. It, it, that thing. is the absolute best thing you could do. Yeah. Uh, we talked about it in my operating systems class. Why have one core that's really powerful when you could have more co- more cores that have different? See, features. I would prefer two powerful cores, and you just walk around with a battery. But I, that is your lifestyle. I agree. Yeah. So uh, we can see these probably as early as Q3. So that would be around September, October. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But speaking of September, October, October, December is just as near almost if you think about it in crazy terms like I do. But our good friend Brian over at um, Intel. Come on, say his last name. What Krasnetsky? <laughs> I can't say that. It sounds fake. See, Smith is a good last name. Either way, CEO of Intel promises that Broadwell will be out for the holiday shopping season. So wait till October and December, not November, to buy your holiday gifts. Well, the idea of the word between between those words means that it's among some period of time. I see. Plausible deniability because I read every other word. I noticed. You you, yeah, yeah, you yeah. hit Brian, but then you skipped Krasnish. Well, you, it's totally not Krasnish. That's literally what it says. That's what you think it says, but if he's like, "Oh, hey, Mister Krasnich," it won't—he won't turn his head because it's—it can't be pronounced this way. But it is. Well, anyway, so uh, from what I hear, though, is that while this will be happening, this is only for OEMs, and so if you really wanted to buy a Broadwell socketed CPU, you won't be able to until January. But holiday—it's a promise. It's a promise that will be broken. I, I want this in my Wii. You. Oh, well, so you're going to need the um, IWU Intel edition. It's going to be coming. <laughs> I, I hope so. Yeah, yeah so uh, let's see here. Uh, how about if we talk about some uh, Googly news? I love Googling. Well, so for example, uh, you, you remember uh, last, I don't know, Google I.O.? Do you remember that? Were you um, there for that? Yeah. So one of the things that they... was a int- breakfast group. No, that was different. That was his yeah, own that, event. That was the own one. Event. That, yeah, that was the one after. So at Google I.O. in 2013, some lady introduced for the first time the idea of saying Google on the browser and then it responding. So since then, Google Glass happened and then Google Now became very mainstream. And so now finally and officially in Chrome 35, OK Google is now supported. That's fine. That's great. It is pretty cool. So I can, for example, OK Google... What is the weather like? It's 72 degrees and partly cloudy in St. Paul. There you go. No, I believe that. Yeah, I, I, I feel like that's pretty correct at this very moment. So this is uh, pretty cool. So when I thought, saw this feature rolling out last year, I thought it was going to be implemented as a plugin. For example, why would you want Google's grubby tendrils in your browser? Well, because well, it is. It is, and so too bad. You don't get it as a plugin. But what is cool is that you can do it without installing anything. All you have to do initially is go to either your new tab page or your Google home page, click the microphone once, hit yes to you know accept the terms and conditions of listening to every word you say for the next 50 years, and then enjoy. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, headlining news, Nest is recalling four, 440,000 Nest Protects ow, um, units, but they're not actually going to, you're actually going to have to return it because a software update can fix it. So, is that really a recall? No. It's not. No, I don't think so. But apparently that's what they're calling it. It's, it's a recall. Now, when GM recalls a million vehicles because the keys are killing people, people actually have to go to their dealership and have things fixed. Right. I don't know, but then I always knew that the thing was internet connected, but so, it can update itself? I, I, or do you, shouldn't it just update itself? I think it does update itself. You don't have so to. So why do even it. notify the customers? Well, so the, there's two reasons because um, the agency that handles smoke detector certification and apparently that exists says that you need to tell people that their smoke detectors aren't going to work until you fix it. Until you fix it, you should tell people that. So do you remember what the problem was? Oh, it was that waving to dispel thing, right? Which so, wasn't actually a problem. It's notified you. Well, so the problem was uh, there's a fire, and then apparently, and I know this sounds dumb. Apparently, people wave their hands over their head frantically when there's a fire. And that's not what I would do, but apparently that's been known to happen. Mm -hmm. And so apparently that would disable, for example, if you had two of these in your house, it would disable the top one. And since they're, you know, connected on the network, Mm -hmm. it would also disable the bottom floor one, therefore killing everyone in the house. But not really. No, not really. But apparently this is a problem Nest thinks that they have. Or at least the agency that oversees smoke detectors thinks that this is a problem. See, mine actually had to touch the button to make it go into hush mode. Right. Well, now imagine you didn't have to hush the button. You could just wave the button. But, so when my whole house is beeping, I go to one smoke detector, push the hush button, and hushy hush. Right, right. It's quiet. Well, so, like, using the button is a very obvious and overt action. Waving is something that can accidentally happen in a panic. You should have to, like, do a circular fist motion with the finger. Well, up. you got to do some kind of, like, exotic dance. You know, I think just, I can wave. That's what they thought, too. Yeah. It's not really a defect, I don't think. Not a recall defect, anyway. Well, especially because you're not actually recalled. No, not, not really. Because it isn't a recall. Well, so they did stop selling it. Oh, we've heard about that last month. They did stop selling it, and now they're saying that you don't have to do anything about it. I don't understand either. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. So in January, Google disclosed to the Securities and Exchange Commission, also known as the SEC, that in the future, Google might be putting ads on other things, not only just screens and phones and computers, but such things as refrigerators, car dashboards, thermostats, glasses, watches, and more, to name just a few possibilities. And, of course, then the SEC quiz them quite heavily, are you seriously going to be putting ads on the Nest thermostat? And Google says, no, the definitely not. I'm glad to hear that. I feel like there's uh, some truth in that. Like, there's no way you can make a convincing ad on the current generation of Nest. But can you mm. imagine in the middle of the night, like, the screen is dark on it, and you're... You're walking by. And you walk under, and it mo- sees motion. And then and it's then like, it'll start would you lighting. like to buy coconut oil? Coconut oil is coconutty. Good for you. Well, something like that. I don't. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, it's. it's uh, I mean, it's fine to put ads on screens, and uh, and if it has a screen, I guess it's okay. But on one point, on on some points, you don't want ads, like on a fridge. I guess an ad that's oh, oh, suitable oh, for a fridge is like twenty five percent off milk. Buy now. Or eggs. You know, whatever. Or whatever. Right. Bacon. But I feel like that kind of intelligence for a fridge will take many, many, many more years than this one little, little disclosure. Cameras in your fridge. 
I mean, everyone's always wondered if the little refrigerator light turns off when you close the doors. Well, now if you have cameras in there counting how many groceries you have, they have to have lights. I mean, you can just put your phone in there for 20 seconds and just find this out and like... See, 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 see. That's... Uh, now that, my life is ruined. <laughs> Anytime. <sighs> I hate it when you do that. Kind of <laughs> so, um, Google has given some little clarity on the, their Google Fiber policies, so... Um, you know how we have no internet traffic here. Like, we don't actually connect to stuff, and so we pay for that. But there's other companies that share large scales of data between each other. You know, like, like, like Netflix, Netflix and um, Akami. Yeah, that's good enough. Good enough? Yeah. I could, I could slander that word, but not. Well, so I, I've heard it say, pronounced as Akami and also Akamai, but I don't care. Akamai. Um, ruined it completely. Um, Google's not charging them to share stuff peer-to-peer on their network. and Because they call it a win-win-win. 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 That's how they say it. And uh, we're going to go for that. Because it still doesn't explain how they're doing that. And how does the NSA get their line in there? So okay. is it like a win-win-win-win? Well, um, no. Because it would be win-win-win. No, it would be win-win-lose-win. Because the NSA is the fourth entity, and the third entity here is consumers. Anyway, so the way this works is you know what peering means? So it's like sure. it's like an intermediate cache, like that's the idea of it. So, for example, let's say you're Netflix and you you're trying to send down the pipe a three gigabyte video, you know, uh-huh. of you know some movie. Well, does it make sense for Google to transfer that three gigabytes every single time somebody wants it on their network? Well, no. The answer is no. So what they do is they have a cache, you know, a bunch of servers somewhere that will store that video for some period of time uh, for Netflix making them use less bandwidth on their end to transfer between Netflix servers and Google servers, and then you as the person watching the video. Mm-hmm. So it'll be faster for you and less work for Google. So it's win, 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 win. Right. That must be a good thing, then. It's great. And and the reason Google is explaining this, of course, is they're trying to portray Comcast, their competitor, in a bad light because Comcast, as you might have heard, makes Netflix and others pay for peering agreements. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Terrible. Yeah, kind of terrible. Do you remember the uh, Moto 360? It happened like months ago when we just first heard about it, and then it's been pretty much uh, silent since. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, presumably that'll stop being so silent, you know, sometime during Google I/O in a few weeks. But until then, here's something we've learned: we believe that it is going to cost two hundred forty-nine dollars because Motorola is hosting a competition to design some watch faces, you know, for the watch. Mm-hmm. That sounds cool, right? Yes. You know, community-driven uh, smartphone or smartwatch face. Well, if you don't want the watch, per se, you can get a value estimated at $249. Lost me, so... So, like, in some countries, they can't ship the watch to, so then you'll just get $249, I guess. Ah, because watches are illegal in countries. You know, apparently they could be. You know, I thought Minnesota was bad when you couldn't sell a cell phone. Yeah, but, but I'll, t- I'll at buy least that. You can have a watch. I'll buy that gun though. <laughs> you know, you turns can do out that. that's that's legal. So, uh, what do you think about two hundred forty nine? Well, I mean, it's an impressive piece of device, and so I can see why they have to price it at that high. But I just don't see anyone buying it. I see a lot of people buying it, but I don't think I see enough people buying it. Even at $229, the second generation Nexo 7 didn't sell nearly as many units as I believe the first generation sold. Namely because I don't have four boxes of those here. You know, like, yeah. Like, I feel like that's a good qualifying uh, metric. But the the bigger problem is 249 is a lot. And is it really good enough to be a peripheral to your phone that already costs $600 or $200? No, it can't be. 
Yeah, I don't think so. So um, on um, Android Police this week, there was a poll. Like, so this story came out, and then they ran another story about what they their community would pay for a smartwatch. What do you think the most frequently suggested price for a smartwatch would be? Ninety nine. So ninety nine was second choice. What do you think would be the first? One twenty nine. One fifty. Oh. And do you know what also is conveniently one fifty right now? Sold by Apple. Apple. An iPod Nano. Nano. Yeah. So I thought that was uh, convenient and uh, clever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But this would be a lot cooler than a Nano. Oh, definitely. It would do way more. So. Yeah. Turns out. Nano and a half price. <sighs> I don't know if I'd think about it like that. Oh. Yeah, I suppose you wouldn't. Mm-hmm. But um, there's some terrible news um, this week. Very, 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 very bad for all you Android users out there. Why? Which should be the majority of you. So... You're right. I mean, who who with an iPod would want to listen to a show? Well, we have an Apple section coming up just for you, listeners. Yeah. 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 As you were. And it's behind Google for a reason. Either way, um, don't update your phones ever because Google Plus got a change. A huge change. A huge change. So it used to be great because you have Google Plus and then you have friends and you want to see if your friends are, you know, in a position where they could receive a text from you without being bothered. So I assume you have the old one, right? Oh, of course I have the old one. And I've already played with your... Yeah, yeah. um, so you can look at that to um, explain. Sidebar is gone. And the sidebar used to be the quickest way to get to locations to see where your friends were at. Mm -hmm. And now when you try to go over to the sidebar, it doesn't work. Um, I don't even know how to find it in the... New one new one i can you could find the friend circles and everything so you have to tap this little thing at the very bottom and then there it is mm-hmm. it, it's wow three friends who does that oh your mom mm-hmm. mom's your friend yeah of course oh my yeah. mom's not my friend but she Either doesn't way, have a phone well it's it's hidden behind all that stuff um but, but so it's cool when you zoom out further because then you can see all these people oh man you have so many more friends yeah well who's the other cl- guy who's real close no idea what? So uh, on Google Plus, you can just share your location. I don't have to share back, but he can just share it to me. And I, I think it's one of the Ingress players. Oh. I don't really know who he is, though. Yeah, but... Yeah. Uh... So this whole new Google Plus, it's inspired by the Hera design style. Mm-hmm. It's been permeating throughout Google Apps, you know, since um, the first one, I think, was Google Keep that came out a couple months ago in its update. So the sidebar is gone, as Matt mentioned. It's also a auto-hiding top bar. So instead of having one top bar action bar, it has two top bar action bar things, and it's absurd. Um, it also adds a cool feature, however. It's called Auto Awesome Stories. So do you remember how we went to Murray all those times and it would make a video for me? Yes. So that that's being expanded. So that video stuff will still happen. But the pictures you make, so instead of making a video out of pictures, it will just take the pictures... And then it'll take the timestamps from those pictures and it'll put it on, put it onto like a mind map kind of a system. So it's, uh, you know, uh, an infinite, infinite plane of 2D space. And then the pictures will ebb and flow up across, um, the space according to time. And so it's kind of cool. Uh, I haven't played around with it too much because I haven't gone anywhere lately. But when I do, I will be posting some auto awesome stories. In addition to that, they've also added the video creation tools onto the web interface so you can actually make the video through the website now which is really nice because it would often crash my nexus 5 that's bad for nexus 5 well it's when it was in beta so ah beta branch huh mm-hmm. uh you can almost certainly tell that vic was involved in this because it's nice <laughs> well yeah 
Like, I thought I would really hate it, and I, I, I only hate the fact that location gathering is so much more work. I feel like that'll be fixed, if not at I.O., in the next update. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when we talk about Apple now, you know, for those no, three Apple fans. Out of 300 million that listen to us. <laughs> Most popular show ever. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. Well, iMessage has its tendrils pretty deep. iMessage. How deep? Well, let's say um, I had an iPhone... And iOS 7 was the worst thing that ever happened. Because it is. Right. And so then I wanted to switch to a Nexus 5 because it looks better. You want something that was... Working. Yes. So I, 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 you know, used my Gmail, uh, you know, Gmail name over there on the iOS and I just, you know, disable it and I go over here to the Android and you'd expect my phone number that I ported over to to let me get my text messages. Hmm. Well, apparently Apple has done some incredible magic to make it so that you wouldn't always get your messages. They'd See, be lost. This is what I don't understand. How can they do that? Well, so here's the thing. Let's say you were Androiding me on my Android phone. It would work. But if you were, if you had the iOS device and I switched to Android, it wouldn't work. Because what happens is Apple still thinks your friend contact on your phone still belongs to the iOS system. And so it intercepts the SMS before it really leaves. But they're no longer a part of the equation. How can they take it? Well, you're still on iOS. So it's not my phone that's hmm. doing it now. It's because you're on iOS still sending my Android phone a message. It thinks my phone number's still on iOS. So it's really just funneling, funneling it into a black hole. Yeah. So that's a pretty big deal. Well, uh, so a- Apple says they're working on a fix for this. Uh, ha, ha, ha. Good luck with that. They've been trying to work on a fix with, fix for this for months, probably. Uh, how many people switch from iPhone to Android? Probably not that many. So that's why it's such a, you know, short minority of, uh, criers, but, you know. Well, but still, when you're not getting your messages, that can be a huge inconvenience. Oh, absolutely. And it could be life-threatening. Right. Especially when you expected it to work. Like, as you said, how could anything intercept SMS? Well, it's a little bit different than that. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's just... That's bad. Yeah. Yeah. So, WWC's coming up, as you know. I've heard and, about uh, that. And, you know, Google I.O. is also coming up. And so we know we got we have the schedules for that. Mm-hmm. But WWC, finally, we know we know exactly what's going to be coming out. Okay. Because so, they have all their presentations and keynotes mapped out. Yeah. Uh, and you can you get the WWDC app. Now, let me tell you what the first one is. From 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. at the Presidio, you can listen to the no comment talk. Um, at the same time... In the marina, you can listen to this one is sealed talk, and at the same Shh, time, you can't say that yet. But I'm going to. I, I can't. I can't. In the mission, I can't tell you yet. We'll also be talked about. We're supposed to tell them that Apple is the biggest troll ever. Now, while I say that, it is next week when uh, you know WWGC is. So you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It should be cool. Mm-hmm. So, do you know? Uh, have you ever heard of the Financial Times? <laughs> Sounds boring. Uh, you know, they t- they talk about business mostly, so that we don't tend to uh, get them too often. However, the Financial Times has some breaking news for us today. They say that Apple will reveal a new home automation platform at WWDC, which is why they can't tell you yet and why there's no comment. They say that they, as in the Financial Times, say that it will allow other companies to make tools for the iPhone to use as the controller for things like home automation, such as lighting, security systems, and more, while also making a sandbox-like approach to limit privacy concerns. 
Is privacy concerns? Well, um, so I, I made a joke earlier, for a example. perfect one. <laughs> so while I can control the lights with my iPhone, I can't share an image to another app. Which is really funny. Uh, that's pretty bad. Now, I also um, mentioned that it's kind of interesting that Apple has hinted, you know, Pretty pretty well, or at least Tim Cook has in his numerous uh, you know appearances over the past year and a half that Apple would like to do something with wearables. But what if this actually did happen? And I vaguely think it won't. But what if it did happen, and then everybody is stuck with a bunch of wearables on their hands, hmm. while Apple is focusing on a market where there isn't much penetration and success, and that people might actually want. Now, the biggest problem is, what if this actually did happen, right? And you could only control your light bulbs with Apple products. Like, that's worse than a special leave. socket. Yeah. You need pentalobe screwdrivers to replace the bulb. Like, I, I feel... You have to have an Apple technician in your house. I feel like the future of home automation in general is a platform agnostic system. Like, you, you can... Like do, Nest. I mean, yeah, Nest has apps on the two major platforms. If Windows Phone actually had more than 1% market share, I'm sure somebody would make one for that, too. Can I tell you something? Maybe. But Firefox OS, we'll get it first. That's, uh, those are uh, just, harsh words. Well, it's, the ZTE Open is popular in a lot of other countries, and I mean Brazil. <laughs> well, that's a pretty big country, so maybe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we'll we'll, uh, we'll get to see if this uh, financial stamp prediction is true. Now... I don't think it is. Well, well, we'll find out soon enough. I don't know. But want to talk about some true facts for you? I would love to talk about true facts. And I just want to let you know, your tablet search... It's, it's over. over? It's over. My tablet it's search is over. It's absolutely over. Um, because the best tablet that has ever hit the market, ever, has finally come. That's impossible. The Surface Pro 3. <gasps> it, it, is a, it is a main device, and I want to get one. Um, it... First of all, what's the most important thing on a tablet? Screen. The, well, I was kind of thinking... The, the processor, the other things? You're no, thinking too no, internal. No, 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 no. I was thinking about the um, the size. Like how big 12 it is. inches. 12 inches. 12 gaping inches. This is of bigger amazing. than 12. I only make it look like it's a meter, <laughs> but it's actually 12 inches. No, this, this thing is huge. Um, as an amazing resolution. Um, 2160 by 1440. That's, that, that's better it, than my monitor. Does that like, sound like a lot? It sounds like a lot to me. Like it, it is the best device. Under two pounds. Um, it doesn't have that stupid sixteen by nine. It's got the three by two thing, which is the most important improvement I think of this generation. Yeah, and so I mean, so you can look at it and stuff, but the, the best way to figure out the specs is to look at the Verge score. Um, so the Verge has ranked it in a many different things. The only thing that the lowest rank so like you know how whenever you do the microsoft index mm -hmm. like it like what's your lowest score that's your score right well i got a six in cameras and that was their lowest score which so, is which negligible is because because everything else is amazing yeah like um, how many people are going to ever use the camera on this it's a tablet exactly yeah. um now let's talk about what kind of internals it has it is coming with the latest refresh of haswell which is good, right? It means pretty modern. Right. That's good, right? It's usually right. Oh, well, but see, the problem is there's not one Haswell. There's not even two. There's three different types you can get. So you can get an i3, an i5, or an i7. That, get i7s. So you, you'd, you'd say that, right? Mm -hmm. Well, here. Now, let's let's talk about pricing because this is the part that will basically cry. break the bank. 
So the cheap one, the i3 with 64 gigabytes of storage, costs the base price of $800. Yeah. Now, that is kind of a shame, and I personally wouldn't ever tell anyone to buy the i3. I would tell everybody to buy the entry-level i5 model, which costs $1,000. Now, that's getting into... MacBook Air Buy a desktop, yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, if you're a pro, a pro user, so if you were trying to buy the Surface Pro for the pro part of it, you might buy the i7, and I would, again, suggest buying the entry level, which cost 1549 Wow. So I feel like there's some price gouging nearby, um, specifically in the Microsoft Quadrant. Yeah. But we haven't even got to the most expensive one yet. Oh, tell me what the most expensive one so, costs. So the i7 with 512 gigabytes is $1,950. So, $51 and it would be two grand. And so, sure, plus after taxes and touch covers and type covers. Yeah, I don't and, even think this comes with the cover. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I do, I kind of like the stand that pops out on them. Yes. Like, I'm so, glad they kept that. So, they kept it, however. So it makes that cool click sound and everyone in the same meeting that has all the clicks. like The, the, the click in order around the table. Yeah, jump on the table, do whatever. Yeah, do, do backflip through the window. Yeah. Um, Get it? <laughs> yes. So. And you could have this on, oh, crap. What is the eighth month and why can't What's the month before? About August. What's right before September? August. That one. August 31st. You can have this. Yeah, so, uh, and then that's only some of the models. You can, you can have, um, I think the i5 one now, but the i3 and the i7 are coming then. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that's great and all. Uh, uh, they also made a big improvement to the touch cover. Apparently the trackpad's way bigger and the sensitivity's better. So that's and also good. I hear it comes with a nice stylus. Yes. This is a fully stylus-enabled device, which is nice. Yeah. I, I've seen a person in my, one of my classes using a uh, Surface Pro. I don't know what model, if it was one or two, but, you know, it looked pretty great to be able to take notes you know, through the keyboard, but also to draw on the screen the diagrams that we were talking about in class. Mm-hmm. So that is a wonderful thing. Yes. So we talked about what it weighs without the keyboard, but with the keyboard and stylus all attached, it only weighs 2.4 pounds. Okay, so that's just a tiny bit more than a and MacBook Air. And it's a 12-inch. Yeah. Yes. And so a fine. MacBook Air is 2.96 pounds. So we round up to three for that. Right. And you round down because it's four, so two pounds, three pounds. Whole pound lighter. There you go. Um, no, no touchscreen on the MacBook Airs, you know. For good reason, because why do you need a touchscreen? Yeah, touchscreen is awesome. I I don't know. So uh, what I'm talking about? One. China. You know, China. It's a place, and I acknowledge it. It is a pretty big place too. They eat shoot soup. They do. Uh, did you know that China does not welcome Windows 8 though? Windows 8 is apparently um, pretty much China's least favorite operating system. Yeah, it's it's like shoot soup OS sense. is pretty big. Yeah, this is so. China is banning all Windows 8 entirely forever, effectively forcing Microsoft to continue selling Windows 7 to China. I think that's fine. I love Windows 7. I'm okay with that. And also, additionally, think about this. What if they didn't do this now, and Windows 8 eventually got into the market there, and then then became the Windows XP of the modern era? See, I don't think we could have another XP. I do, though, especially in China. Because their internet connectivity and their laws get better. and the piracy rates are probably worse there than anywhere else in the world, and it would be more likely there than anywhere else. In the, in, in a, an America setting or in a uh, EU setting or in a Japan well, just setting. Just so you know, so many people still use XP right now. Yeah, but not many people that are worthwhile. 
<laughs> you know, I, I can agree with that statement wholeheartedly. Good. We don't. We, none of your computers in this house. No. Have, none no. Of, none of my house have for years. Three. You know, four since years. that one day that Windows Seven Beta One worked so well, just wipe install. I mean, I, everything that ran Vista was just destroyed. Yeah. Like so much better. Mm-hmm. So much better. Yeah, the old server in that other room used to run Vista. And then, then after that, I got the Windows Seven computers, and it's like, don't need you anymore, Vista. Time for Ubuntu. Yeah, but how old? When, when did Seven come out? Like, how actually old is it? Uh, Windows Seven came out in uh, two thousand nine, sometime between October and November, depending on if you were special or not. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, cool news happened on Friday. Oh my! Uh, so you know how Microsoft was saying, like, "Hey, we'll have cheap Windows for anyone who could build um, a cheap computer, mm-hmm. like to keep the prices down." Mm-hmm. So now there'll be Windows eight point one with Bing. Um, available for OEMs for free or for a reduced rate, mm-hmm. depending on how much they're the charging cost, for. Yeah, which that will greatly affect a lot of people because people only want to buy the cheap crap. Right. So you know, it's the, it's the Microsoft counter to the Chromebook. Like you can get a Chromebook for what two ninety nine or something, mm-hmm. or you can now get Windows eight point one with Bing and has a file system and a hard drive. It has a file system and a hard drive, but not only that, it actually has Windows and Chrome. So you get the best of both worlds. Yeah, um, and I think this would this is amazing, and I might look at getting a. Piece so of crap. they don't say right now what the um, reduction rate would be. So we know that for for tablets and phones, Windows Phone is free now for any device that's under nine inches. Yes. Right? Okay. Mm-hmm. So the only pr- people who make Windows Phone is Nokia, so that was already free because guess who owns Nokia. The only company that made Windows tablets was Microsoft. So guess who owns Microsoft? Well, Microsoft. So I don't really know if that affected many people, but this affects a lot of OEMs. Yeah. And, you know, because previously they were paying $99 for an OEM license. Yes. And that's expensive. So I once had Windows 7 Basic Mm -hmm. and I bought a netbook for 240 bucks. Mm -hmm. I couldn't change the background. Isn't that the worst? Um, that was that's a completely artificial restriction too. Because one of the most customizable things, like what, like wallpaper. Yes, yes. wallpaper. I change all rolling the time. Rolling girl, like a rolling girl, or a whatever girl with wings and a cat tail. Like this, I don't know. You gotta, you gotta. Every girl, different day of the week. Like exactly. That's that's something desktops are for. That that's right. Yes. Or a dog um, picture. You know, whatever the case may be. Well, you can keep your dogs. I'll keep girls. Um. Doesn't matter, but I hope there's not a restriction like that. Well, you know, it's funny you mention that. So, with Bing, should cast suspicion on how deeply integrated it is. Yeah. Well, apparently, people say that it will be able to be changed. Good. So, for example, if you don't want Bing integration, like you know, when you hit Windows 8.1, you know, uh, start menu thing, and then you initiate a search, it'll default to Bing, but you can turn it off. Well, this will also be available in the Bing um, model of Windows. So I don't understand how it's any different than regular Windows just at a discount. Like, um, they're making a SKU for no reason. SKUs are good. Microsoft loves SKUs. So we have some other things to talk about that aren't uh, categorized as uh, important. Okay. So uh, do you know what GoPros are? Everyone likes GoPros. Uh, GoPros are the rugged uh, cameras that um, are, you know, encased in a bunch of plastic so that you can drop them off a cliff or go biking with them or go white rotter rafting rapiding i don't know you can do stuff with them well apparently they're making so much money these days and they decided to go and do an ipo Ooh. their new stock symbol is g pro g 
which is pretty good. And through the IPO, they hope to raise more than $100 million. $100 million, huh? Yeah, $100 million. That's That's very much unlike the Facebook IPO, which, uh, I don't know if you heard about, did not uh, raise just a million. It was a few billion. So, you know, different scales. Yeah. But uh, it's great to see GoPro um, doing an IPO. You know, they're... Um, they're a mix between a software and a hardware company. You know, they're they're a modern company. They they weren't established, you know, in the '90s or anything. You know, it's nice to see them succeeding. Yes. Mm-hmm. So another weird, interesting thing. So as I understand it, if you go out, and download five free apps, Amazon will give you one thousand coins or about ten bucks free. Weird. So you get free apps, and free then you coins. get free money. That's insane. Like. I don't even know what what is an Amazon coin. I don't I don't use those. So uh, an Amazon coin is there is, is Amazon's methodology to erase the uh, correlation between price and actual cost. So like the gem store, like the gem or store the and Guild Wars. Yes, like Wii points. Basically, they don't want you to or know Microsoft points. Right, they don't want you to know how much ten dollars really is. Um, it also helps them um, deal with exchange rates across countries if that is ever a problem for them. Hmm. It's not. Uh, so you have until uh, May 31st, which is in just, just a, few a few days. days. So buy now. But, uh, you know, have you it's, done this? No, I'm, I don't like Amazon garbage. Yeah. However, uh, if you do some Googling, and I know you can do this if you found this show, uh, you can Google for the method to get an additional $3 worth of coins. So you will end up with about $13 worth of coins if you do the additional trickery. Well, that's that's an amazing feature. Like, so you don't even have to keep the apps. Like, you can buy them for free and then just not install them, and then you can use the thousand coins on whatever you want. Like, it's absurd. Hmm. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's crazy. Mm-hmm. You know what else is crazy? No. How few IPv4 addresses we have. Really? Yes. Uh, so apparently, um, I know the 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 organization that handles IPs. Mm-hmm. They uh, just distributed their last set of IP4. Or IPv4 address blocks to the regional registries, and this happens when any two registries drop below eight million IPs to donate to you know companies that request them. So, uh, you know, uh, we're getting low. I thought this problem was going. Are you, what are you thinking? IPv6 is actually in, implemented everywhere. Well, for our senior year of high school, many people already started using like all. Oh yeah. Like. Uh, what was it? what was the cutoff? Two thousand eight. All routers and stuff sold could ar- already do that. Like all modems. Oh, and every, stuff? everybody can already do that. But there's a lot of modems in the world. But things from two thousand eight could handle it. Oh yeah, anybody can handle like, it. Everyone, because it wasn't that much harder for routers to include this. Yeah, but you know it's funny. So the ISPs that couldn't in, handle it. Yeah, it's the ISPs. You know, in this house right now, we don't have an IPv6 address at all. I'm. I have one. I don't have one either. And it's it's it. If I did have one, I don't know what I would do with it because it looks funny. It does look funny. I don't know how to read the bloody thing. But hopefully you'll never have to read it. You just make something read so it you, that can you, interpret you it. So you went through your network training. Of course. Did you ever have to deal with IPv6 yes. addresses? Yes. Is it as easy to do like the, you know, like the CIDR classless stuff with an IPv6? Yes, it's, it's identical. Is it though? Yes. Like it seems like a lot more numbering. When you run the, when you and or the bits to figure out the default gateways and stuff. What if you're doing it by just... hand? It's just as easy by hand. Really? Yes. I don't know about that. If it's a 128 bit... bits versus like what 32? It takes a little longer. You need oh, more that's scratch what paper. That's what I'm. Okay. That, that's all I wanted to but know. But it's the same. But it's a lot harder. It all ends up in binary, anyways. Well, I understand for a computer, but you're not. But okay. So 
it's not doing math. It's doing, is this a one? Is this a zero? Is this, and when you go through and you're trying to find out the masks and stuff, it's just yeah, easy. Yeah, right. It's easy for it. It takes a while. But it's horrible for humans. Well, see, what you can do wrong is, I mean, sometimes my A's kind of look like the letter O, oh, which man. is also... Why are there A's zeros? and I'm, oh and I, okay IPv6? Yeah, huh? See, see what I just did. Why is there an A and an IPv6? There should be IPv6? an A. No, I don't know what they were thinking. Yeah, and there you go. IPv6 is absolutely required. Buy now, get it, be happy. But the thing is, every consumer should already have support for this. I don't know. Yeah, this, this isn't this isn't a person problem. This I, is a person who works for the company that has the problem i don't know problem. i think it's a pretty big problem uh when we run out of when we run out of addresses i don't know what happens this has been prophesized for years like, decades ever. yeah i know like that's why that's, that's why they picked 128 instead of ivp version 5 that's like false, it was by a the small way. yeah okay it, it, it wasn't a big like they're never going to saturate ivp version 6 remember when you registered to get a whole bunch of them like I wonder what happened to those. Tenth grade, you're just like, oh, free IVP for just. I'm gonna just take. A, I want to request a block of them. I did, and I don't know what happened. How, how do you? I wonder if it's still valid. Who knows? Does it matter? No. Like they have infinite, basically. Yeah. I hope I got a good one. I hope you got a good black too. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what are you doing next week? Next week, I I think I'll only delivering mail five days this week until Sunday. That's great. I love having a day off. Up, yeah. Yeah, that's good. I like these. So, so the weather I hear is going to be pretty, pretty warm. I'm dreading it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's going to be bad. I will be uh, doing more work on the website. Speaking of websites, I did some work on the website. You might have noticed the work from six months ago, but there was actually some work done this weekend. And I won't tell you. You just have to discover them on your own. You know, I, I think I figured it out. There's another person added to the people's page. Who? Brava the Novelin. Oh, right, right, right. Uh, you might want to say his name right for the many listeners. Oh, the, the, that would be Ross Nover, by the Nover, way? Nover, that was it. Right, right. Bravo and right, of course. Well, I don't... I, it, was, it was a while since I... Spoke last? Yeah, I, yeah. I, something like that. Turns out. Well, where can we find you on the internet? Oh, you can find me at MatthewPetrol.com. But if you wanted to communicate with me, I suggest you send a letter to 849 Tatum Street, uh, St. Paul, Minnesota, 55104. Good, very good. Uh, why don't you put that address on the website? Because then, if, okay, so Bailey, I would love a letter from, like, I might even deliver the letter myself to my house and then read it when I get home. Okay. Okay, so they, they actually have a rule, like, we're not supposed to open, so I, I had a letter addressed to myself, and I went on break in front of my house, and I'm like, I can't open this letter for me, because if somebody sees me opening the mail... That's pretty suspicious. No, no. Gotta be in the privacy of your own home to open your own mail. That seems reasonable. When you've just delivered it. That's okay. Because uh, they, they don't want, they want people to think that the mail is secure... And up and secured all the time. I think that's is. a good a good thing to in, um, in, in, insist upon. One of the things we always do is lock our vehicles, make sure no one gets in. That's also very wise. Mail secure. Good. And of course, you can find me, uh, Ryan Ampers, at just about everywhere, especially on the Twitter, Ryan Amar, and of course on Google Plus, which is where I post a lot of these show notes in real time and a few thoughts about them each time. And then Ian Buck comments on them too. And then I plus it. And then you plus it. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good well, system we have. That's all we have for this week. Have a good one. That explains the mold so problem. One of my favorite memories of you in this room was when you were cold and you ripped the <laughs> air duct down. Like, they don't need it right now. I'm cold. He has a basketball, lot of money. basketball, basketball, basketball.
basketball, basketball, basketball. I like the name of that, the, the sound of that. And then the next year they'll introduce the Pro Edition. And then after that it'll be the Pro Edition 2. Stadium Pro. Uh, Stadium Pro Edition Protist. 2. Uh, elitist Pro. And, and then uh, the third year it'll be uh, Microsoft Stadium Pro with Bing. Thoroughly. Well, whether you're alive at that point is pretty questionable. That's a good way to ask, get the hippies down.